Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Bash Mania, the wrestling podcast where you get to hear the best stories from the best wrestlers in the country. And today I'm excited to chat with three-time slash four-time NCAA All-American and two-time Jersey State champion, David McFadden. I don't know too much of his story outside of what the average wrestling fan knows, so I'm really excited to chat with him and to help him get his story out there. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want even more Bash Mania, be sure to follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. With that said, let's roll the intro and get this show started. It's Bash Mania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Yeah. How are you, David? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice morning. Beautiful day in Blacksburg right now. I'm not sure if I'm going to release this on video yet. It was like I, I'm starting to record more and more video. In any episode, it's going to be like bam, video. Now this might be have to be the video release with the flag hanging behind you. I'm like, man, I love that. I just ordered a flag for my garage actually, so that's pretty funny. But yeah, man, as I was just telling you, I'm pumped for this conversation. And, you know, I've never heard the David McFadden story. Don Bashad is a super good friend of mine. He's been talking about you for years. Slay Slay thinks the world of you. So, you know, I've heard so many good things about you. So I'm curious, as I'm sure so many fans are, to hear your story. We might as well take it back to the beginning. Tell me how you got started in wrestling. So I got started in wrestling when I was, um, I don't know, I was about five or six years old, I think. And my... uh, my town we weren't very good at wrestling but you couldn't wrestle until you were seven or eight so for two years i trained in my living room with my (laughs) dad (laughs) and uh i went to club uh at wrestling plus so that was my high school coach keith carson i that was the first ever practice i did was at wrestling plus and you know for me at a young age you know i was in the hotbed of wrestling north jersey so uh, there were so many great wrestlers around and I was traveling a lot to clubs, not like anywhere out of state, but, you know, Pascat kills all, all those clubs. And, you know, I started, you know, kind of getting, you know, getting good at wrestling. And, uh, I just, you know, I wanted to compete on these travel teams. Like I, when I was young, I really wanted to be good. So I kind of surrounded myself with, you know, older guys, you know, I was always the youngest kid in the room yeah, getting yeah. my butt whooped. But I enjoyed that. You know, sometimes I would come home crying, but, you know, I loved it. And I was always like, I want to score a point on this guy. I'm going to try and score a point on that guy. And then uh, I was on a travel team, Team New Jersey, Team Strength. And, you know, kind of when I started jumping levels at at the youth age is uh, when I met, you know, who's one of my best friends, Jordan Cutler. And uh, he had a he had like a about a half size mat. I mean, we're in, we're 
60, 70 pounds, 80 yeah. pounds, whatever. <laughs> so like a half size mat is good for us. But, you know, we were on a travel team and he went undefeated that year. And my dad was like, you need to wrestle with this kid. And, you know, so we looked him up and he was from Sparta, which is like, I don't know, 30 minutes uh, down the road from me. So my dad got in contact with his dad and was like, hey, can we train with you? And he was like, yeah, sure. Like I just trained, I trained my son in, in my basement and I went up there about five times a week from about fourth grade until eighth grade. And we trained almost every day together. And then, um, you know, when he was looking at Blair, I started going to the Blair room with Coach Buxton. And, you know, obviously being in the Blair room, you know, it was pretty intimidating. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm in uh, sixth, seventh grade. And, you know, you have everyone, right? They're the number yeah. one country for however long. So that was pretty intimidating for me. And I just remember, like, me and Jordan, like, kind of stuffed ourselves in the corner. And uh, Coach Danhoff and Coach Buxton came up to us and was like, what the hell are you guys doing? And I'm like, I don't know. You guys are calling out moves. I don't know what you're calling out. Right. But no, he kind of saw, like, he didn't let anyone in his room. Uh, or he, he let people in his room, but he didn't let anyone wrestle with the Blair guys besides me and Jordan at that age. So that was awesome. And, you know, I started jumping levels again. And I obviously thought about going to Blair, just, you know, yeah. premier high school with coach Buxton, but I wanted to win a New Jersey state title and I wanted to win a few of them. And that was a big thing for me growing up in New Jersey is going to Atlantic city and seeing these experiences. You know, I grew up watching the best wrestling, right? Like, yep. and I mean, if you've ever been to the New Jersey States, you know how great, like great of a job. They it's a did. wild atmosphere. I've been a couple times. It's wild. Yeah. So they, um, you know, that was, that was just one thing for me that I was just like, I, I, I got to wrestle in front of this crowd. You know, I live for that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I made the finals as a freshman and, uh, you know, I lost, but I, it was, you know, just kind of seeing that. And I really think growing up in New Jersey wrestling and wrestling in Atlantic city really helped me in college, just in terms of, you know, that NCAA feel, you know, it's, there's a lot of people, the fans are wild. It's loud. There's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I think that helped me a lot. And what about your parents? I know you give them a lot of credit for how you were raised and you didn't have some of these parents from hell you see in the sport a lot. So I think for me, you know, my dad wasn't a wrestler. He was a baseball player. So he really didn't know. I think for me at a young age, it was, he kind of let me choose what I, I, I swam. I played baseball. I wrestled, I wrestled up until, or I played two to three sports up until I was in about seventh or eighth grade. You know, I think seventh grade was the year that I went to one sport and sixth grade was my best youth year. And I was playing three different sports. That's wild. Right? <laughs> so I wasn't having as much fun with it. And I remember, I remember the one, the one, the one day, you know, I'm a teenager, so I'm a little rebellious at this yep. point. So I'm like, I'm quitting wrestling, like trying to get a reaction out of him. Like, I want to go snowboard with my friends. And he's like, okay, go do it. And I was like, <laughs> what? he's like, go do it. He's like, if you don't want to wrestle and go to these tournaments, he's like, you don't have to. And I remember, so I went snowboarding that day. <laughs> I remember sitting there and I was like, you know, like, dang, like. Like I wanted him to get mad. And I think, you know, for him, he was like, listen, if you want to do that, go do it. It wasn't, I'm forcing you to go wrestle. And I think that was 
that's a huge thing that kids that parents do is like when you're a kid growing up you want to you want to have fun you want to have a normal life you want to hang out with your friends go to the beach in the summer go on the lake you know yeah. all stuff a kid should do and i think if you deprive that of them you know it's it can definitely hurt them in the future and you know my dad and and mom let me pick what i wanted to do they never forced me to go to practice i always wanted to go to practice right i think yeah. at a young age i developed that kind of champion mindset which you know not a, like not everyone has but i loved it like i loved going into the room and wrestling with joey mckenna and having him score 100 points on me you know <laughs> not being able to score a point on him right and, but i was like if i could get to his legs one day uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to take him down the next time. You know, it was something <laughs> like that. But I love that. I yeah. always trying to go in the room with the older guys and and try and, you know, just just kind of kind of set set the tone for myself. And I think I, I have that mind. I've had that mindset and, that, and that's helped me. Huge. And I'm curious how that mindset's developed. Like you talked about being in the finals I think Don was actually telling me that you went second, fifth, first, first in junior states, which is nuts. To be a three-time finalist, let alone two-time state champion in jerseys is incredible. When you are in the state finals as a freshman and then your fifth, your sophomore year, talk to me a little bit about managing your expectations and balancing the highs and lows where clearly if you're a runner-up your freshman year, Next year, the expectation has to be in your mind. I'm going to be a champion. There's only one way to go up. You know, there's only one way to go, and that's up. And then that didn't happen. You take fifth, and then you rebound, and now you're first. Talk me through like that kind of two-year process of going from second to fifth to first. So I took – I wrestled 113 as a freshman. So I was light, and I was cutting a decent bit of weight. And, you know, like, like I said, like my dad didn't wrestle. So, you know, he would – he didn't really – no, you know, I pretty much the thing that helped me is I kind of, you know, he let me figure out a lot of stuff on my own. And I think that's why I'm one of the why I am who I am today sure. is I, you know, fell on my face a few times and, and, and figured figured out stuff along the way. So my sophomore year, I take third in the Beast of the East. I beat Anthony Geraldo, who was a two time state champ. And he was actually the champion in my bracket that she beat. I, I beat him. I beat him pretty good. And I was I was 126, and then over Christmas break I hit a growth spurt, right? Mm -hmm. And I was at that point in the season where I couldn't go up because of matches, and you know my teammate was above me, and he was pretty good, yep, and yep. it was just I just had to hold the weight. And I remember, I mean, it just didn't become about wrestling. And I remember that was like the most miserable time I've ever had wrestling. And I was, you know, I was like maybe like coming down from 135, you know, after the beast, after Christmas break, I get on the scale and I'm like 142 or something. And I'm like, what? Like, this can't be right. right. And then, so I'm like, okay, maybe I ate a lot. I come back down, I make weight. After one tournament, I step back on the scale and I'm up back to 140. And I'm like, this is just going to be a miserable rest of the season. And I was, yeah. you know, I ranked first in the state, ranked, you know, whatever in the country. And then states came along and, you know, it just, there was no fuel, no fire, nothing. And it just wasn't, wasn't a good. So after that, after that year, I said, I'm done. I'm done with cutting weight in high school. And I wrestled 145. And I, I mean, I'm, when I say cutting weight, I'm not, you know, dropping 10 to 15. You know, right. I was 
145. I went from 126 to 145 and then That's 145 wild. to 160. And I just focused on wrestling. Yeah. And yeah. that was, you know, that was the biggest factor. And then obviously Buxton, when he opened his club, you know, that, I mean, had a huge impact on my life. So. And, you know, when, when you reflect back on your time at DePaul, as, as you talk about these state championships and everything, what do you reflect back on? If you were to kind of put that time at DePaul Catholic in a box or in a, in a you know chapter of your career, I think the biggest thing for me is it wasn't just me. Uh, you know, we came in my my freshman year. I think we were three and twelve or so, something ridiculous. We were bad, right? They had never won like a district championship or a county championship yeah. under Coach Carson, and uh, so me, my buddy uh, Nick DePaul and Will Key, they were two Wayne kids. So I. I was a West Milford kid, so I had to travel to Wayne to go to DePaul. And, you know, we had grown up wrestling together, and we were like, let's start something here, right? Like, let's start something here. Yeah. And um, so we go there, and we don't do anything like our freshman year. It was just us three. But then we started getting more guys to come in, more people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by my senior year, I think we might have had one loss. We had seven state placers. Uh, you know, I was a two-time state champ. I think we had seven or eight kids go to Division One college, you know, and we had won three, two or three uh, group state titles. And uh, it was, uh, you know, we kind of built that. And, and that was that was uh, awesome for us. And then that was one of the things that I can look back on. And, you know, after – you know, they hadn't had a state champ since, I think, Gene Mills. And, you know, he's a little older than, than <laughs> us. I'd say so. I, I think that's one of the one of those things where I, uh, you know, can say I was a part of, of building something. And, you know, we just had another – I think we've had a state champ every single year since, you know, we've graduated. So that was one of that's the amazing. things. That, exactly. So I, I think we had a big part in, in building that culture and building, building a winning team. And not even just in high school. I mean, we all – not everyone wrestled in college, you know, maybe they started, but, you know, they all graduated and they all went to a really good school, you know. So that, that was the biggest thing is we, we set ourselves up for success there. And I'm curious, too, you know, I, as soon as I say DePaul Catholic, I think about, you know, the, there's so many guys in Jersey that I know that have that traditional jersey catholic roots like it's jersey through and through and i know over time and i was just talking to slay about this and even our group text you're talking about this how much your faith has grown and mm. i'm curious how your faith has evolved from you know a, a lot of catholics get into a very religious type of regimen and to many regards, I think that kind of robs them of a lot of joy and freedom. And I'm curious at when your faith started to really evolve to what it is now. Yeah. So my journey is interesting and it's obviously I'm still growing in it and, and still yeah. learning. And I think I'll be learning and growing my whole it life. It never ends. <laughs> you never, like even it's just like in wrestling, you don't want to stay stagnant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up Catholic and, uh, when I came to school here, you know, I became Christian, uh, you know, it was, uh, we have an, a program called FCA. Uh, yep. and, um, so I kind of started getting in that, but you know, it's something you wrestle with, like, Oh, like what did I do here? Cause I think right. the biggest thing for me is I looked at it like, like a book of rules, like you can't do this, you can't do that. And like, it's like, if you see a do not touch sign on there, what's the first thing you want to do <laughs> is go touch it. Right. Yep. So that's what plays with your mind. So I think for me, I was looking at it the wrong way. And then 
I had, uh, you know, one of my best friends, Brooks Wilding and uh, RFCA chaplain Isaiah Mead, they kind of introduced introduced me and started, you know, guiding me along, you know, I was like a lost puppy, you know, <laughs> yep. and they kind of helped me. And then, you know, when I met uh, Frank Molinaro, you know, he kind of changed my perception of everything. And, you know, he, he kind of laid like almost like a blueprint out. And it was like, that's kind of when I found my calling, yeah. I would say, you know, when I met the, those three people, Isaiah, Brooks and Frank, and, you know, I'm still, you know, active and obviously in touch with all them and, and they've helped me grow and, and, you know, got, you know, dug me out of some holes, you know, in college, you know, when, when life's hard and, you know, it's just, you know, it, it definitely, definitely grown over the years and it's kind of made me into more of a man. And, you know, it's something that was a huge deciding factor in me going to P, uh, Pennsylvania Regional Training Center and wrestling under Coach Slay is, Sure. I feel like I'm more than a wrestler there, yeah. you know. I mean, wrestling's obviously a huge part of my life, but to just not, you know, just have wrestling and kind of have that whole foundation yeah. and, just, you know, he, he's someone that, you know, is someone that you want to mentor you in life. You want to be like that guy in life. And and that was a huge thing for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to just keep growing, not only getting better at wrestling, but obviously in my faith and, and I, and I want to talk more about the Penn RTC, and we'll get there in a minute. Um, in your college career, it's funny because I'm kind of aligning the the timeline in my head as, as we're talking. And it's funny because I, I've heard you say, and, and I, I'm a guy who watches a lot of interviews, especially before doing the podcast, because I, I want to really understand the timeline and really understand someone. And listening to some of your interviews at NCAAs, you mentioned a number of time, times, I think the most repeated phrase you used was, there's a greater plan, right? There's a bigger purpose. And that's, of course, the time Frank was in Virginia Tech and, and helping you out. And I'm curious at how that helped you manage expectations. Like I, I've heard you say, going into college, you wanted to be an undefeated NCAA champion. And you had so many ups and downs I'm curious how, number one, how you manage those expectations throughout college and also how your faith helped you manage those expectations. Yeah, I mean, you kind of, you know, lean on God. And, and that was one of the things that I didn't know. Like my freshman year, you know, the only thing to me was wrestling, right? It was just wrestling. And it was like I based my life off of wins and losses. And, you know, you do that and, you know, you might have a, a pretty sad life, you know, but you might have some some good moments. And, uh, you know, I, I always believe that there's, there's a silver lining to things. And I always believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And if you, you know, have that, have that faith and just truly believe yourself, like <laughs> looking back on my life now, if I could tell you, you know, sometimes where I've been in college and been like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And then, you know, look back at, at it now. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, I don't even know why I was stressed over that. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, even, even with, you know, the whole NCA thing, it's like, there, there's, there's a greater plan. And as much as it, it was a uh, heart wrenching and gut wrenching, you know, I look back on this past, past, uh, past month and, you know, there, there's silver linings and, and there's sure. purpose and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy. And, uh, you know, did you keep that through college? Like I always talk to people on the show about it, it's sometimes easy to look back and say, ah, it's okay. I lost that match, but this worked out and this worked out and this happened because of that. And, you know, God's doing this in my life now. 
how were you doing it in real time? We're at NCAAs after a loss or after a win or loss, really. Your, your mentality kind of stayed the same. Was it something that because of your faith, you're able to do in real time versus wait two months of, you know, look at if I was a wrestler, especially if I wasn't a Christian and I lost a big match, I'd be pouting for two months. I don't deal with disappointment very well. You know, and it's, it seems like you did. So if somebody's listening, a younger wrestler or whoever of a wrestler, and maybe they struggle with managing expectations and dealing with the disappointment, what would you say is a way they could help improve in that area? You know, obviously, like, um, I'm, I'm big in my faith, and I would love for everyone to be big in their faith. But not everyone is, and not everyone believes in the same thing. And I think yeah. the biggest thing is you have to have some type of foundation. And, and that's the biggest thing. You need to have so, something that is greater than yourself. You know, like for me, that's, that's you know, God is greater yeah. than myself. And I think, you know, if you don't believe, then you need to have something that's greater than yourself, whatever it is. Because I think having that firm foundation yeah. is huge. Yeah. And, you know, when life gets harder, when life's good, you know, you got to balance out the highs and lows, you know, it's, you know, take it, take it with a grain of salt, you know, and obviously wrestling is, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the community's pretty, pretty tight knit too. So, um, yeah, I would just say that the foundation, just having that firm foundation, having the building blocks to, uh, to, you know, kind of persevere. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking last week when, you know, I think the NWCA came out and basically designated all Americans. Yeah. And there was some confusion initially because, and and I didn't know this. I saw Tony Ramos and Pat Tochi going back and forth about it. Where the NCAA doesn't officially recognize all Americans. It, it's funny. I guess the NWCA does. So you know, initially you were a three-time All American. Now it looks like you're the first four-time All American in Virginia Tech history. What does that mean to you? And what do you think about as you reflect back in your time at Virginia Tech? Yeah, so the all so I mean, it's still hard to wrestle with it, right? Like, you yeah, know, people yeah. are like, "You're a four-time All-American," but obviously, it, it doesn't feel feel sure, like sure. you know. I wanted to, you know, go out how how I wanted to, but uh, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously, I think for my parents, and you know, maybe when you know I have kids someday or something like, you know, my names engraved in a record book you know that's for them to figure out right sure. that's not for me to be like i'm a four-time all-american you know um in my eyes you know i wrestled three times got on the podium three times and and that's that's how it was but you know if they want to put me in the record books as a four-time all-american you know i'll kind of let it be and you know that was you know something special for me is i wanted to be the first national champ and four-time all-american at virginia tech yeah. and that was you know, a huge reason of I saw what they were building in Blacksburg and I saw, um, you know, just just this culture of a team. And, and, you know, we were just, you know, all hard work and blue collar kids. Right. And that was, you know, I was like, you know, this is awesome. They don't have that much history yet. You know, I could be a freshman All-American, four-time All-American national champ. Like I could bust open the record sure, book. And that, you know, that, that, that's something that, you know, I, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like the first in history, you know, like when I come back to Blacksburg for football games and show my friends, like there I am, you know, right. that was, yep. that would have been, that, that, that was going to be uh, cool to me. And, you know, I think for the most part, I, I you know, in, 
had a, had a pretty good college career and, you know, dealt with a lot of adversity and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I think has, has set up, uh, my life and I'm pretty, pretty grateful for it. And what do you think about, you know, it's funny, you mentioned that when you were at DePaul, they, they were terrible when you got there and you, you helped build something. And I think similarly at Virginia Tech, you, you were a part of not only Virginia Tech's program building, but the ACC as a whole, the last four years, like throughout your career, five years, what the ACC has done and how much it's improved. Like, what was it a part? What was it like being a part of that? Yeah. So just to kind of see that ACC grow too was, was huge. And I think that's huge for wrestling, right? Um, obviously, you know, looking back, it's like wrestling in the big 10 would have been cool. And I think after go after four years of co- or five years of college, you know, I definitely saw you know a difference in just you know a bigger, bigger, bigger school, bigger atmosphere. Yep. But yep. you know, I mean, I being a part of you know growing the ACC and and Virginia Tech. I mean, I think we averaged like four thousand fan or three thousand, and like you know when I committed there, it might've only been a thousand to 1500. Right. So we pretty much yeah, doubled yeah. those numbers and, you know, uh, just wrestling, all these rules, people want to watch good wrestling and, and there's, there's good wrestling outside of, of the big 10. And, you know, it's obviously the big Ten's like the sec for football, but you know, you have some powerhouse teams. I think there were th- three ACC teams in the top 10. So more than half of the ACC ten teams were in the top 10 and, I mean, that's when I wasn't a thing like 10 years ago, you know, and that was, that was awesome to, to kind of be, be a part of that. And, uh, and what what do you think some of your favorite matches were as you look back and not even just in college up until this point, you know, you've, you had an incredible high school career in Jersey. You, You had an incredible career in Virginia tech. You even made a U 23 world team in 2018. You've had a lot of incredible matches. What do you think some of your favorites were? My favorite, so starts out, you know, high school, first state title. You know, I was Coach Carson's first state champ. So, I mean, to know him my entire life uh, and to give him a, his first state title, you know, it was a pretty emotional moment. Uh, just a lot of hard work. And, you know, that was just, it was a dream come true from watching as a little kid, you know. and Yeah. Uh, just to finally get that first first one, um, that was just huge for me. And uh, um, probably my second favorite match was when I All American my freshman year. You know, to be I was 18 years old, and you know I was I had a torn ACL. So not too many people know that. That story never really broke the news. But I, uh, looking back on that tournament, that run, you know, as an 18 year old kid. I wasn't really a kid, but you know what I, (laughs) I, I, um, you know, was 18 years old and I tear my ACL the first match of the NCAA tournament. Uh, first match, I heard the pop and, um, hear the pop wrestle my second match on one leg. And, uh, you know, I get, uh, get shot up, you know, with, uh, (laughs) and to make it feel better. Yep. And I wrestle seven seven matches on one leg, wow. so uh, that was huge for me. Looking back on that, um, yeah, that was that was a 
pretty how, how did you do that? Like even with, with shots, I don't care what you're putting in your body to overcome that. Is it straight adrenaline? Like what is it? I mean, I asked Yanni that because I know he did something similar with injuring his ACL, but I don't think that was to like the quarterfinals. Like you, you had a lot more matches. How did you do that? At that, you're not going to not wrestle in the NCAAs, right? You're just going to find a way. And I think for me, like, I found a way. And, I mean, I was in serious, serious pain. But once the match got rolling, it was like, you know, it's – it, it change the style you wrestled? When I wrestled Bo Jordan a little bit because, you know, I did my little routine right yeah. before the match, you know, walk back and forth, and I, you know, bounce. And when I bounced – like, I, I didn't understand that I told him. Like, I didn't know what happened. I just knew I heard a pop sure, in my knee. Sure. I knew it hurt. I was limping a little. I was like, whatever. Like, don't be a baby, right? <laughs> right. Just a torn ACL. Just keep going. <laughs> so I um, so I wrestle him. And, I mean, I'm literally like, as soon as it popped, I almost took injury time. And the match hasn't even started yet, right? <laughs> hasn't even started. So I wrestled that entire match and I mean, he got the best of me. And I remember I went to my trainer and I was like, you know, something seriously wrong. Like I woke up the next morning and the weirdest thing is my knee wasn't swollen, but I'm like, listen, like I cannot walk. Like I had to be pretty much carried. Now I pretty much had to be carried the second day to NCAs and I'm pound or two over still. (laughs) So I can't even run, right? I can't even run. I can't even bike. Like I'm just sitting there and I'm freaking out because, you know, there's about an hour till hour, maybe 45 minutes. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So luckily we had a doctor with us. You know, he gave us, you know, a legal shot. It was completely, you know, you know. I was running like five minutes later. I'm like, I don't know what they put into my body, but it made me feel pretty good. But I don't care. And, uh, you know, it didn't didn't bother me until after the entire tournament. And uh, that was one of the things when I found out, like, hey, I just wrestled the NCAA tournament with a torn ACL. I was like. So you didn't know until after the tournament was over? I just knew there was something wrong. And then I got an MRI like the week after and then got surgery. And I was like, you know, it was completely torn just like there was nothing left of it. So, and then I knew something was wrong because every time I walked, my knee would just give out, but it was crazy. Yeah. There's so many stories I feel like, and it's one of the reasons I started this podcast was to get as many of these stories out there. And, And I've been hearing so many, like Mark Perry just told me how he, Basically, his doctor said, don't wrestle in NCAAs. You're going to hurt your neck, and you're never going to be able to wrestle freestyle. I was like, I don't care. I need to be an NCAA champion. Gwiz told me something similarly. He, I can't remember if it was his foot or his hand, something. He almost broke, and, and it was the same thing. He couldn't walk. I think it had to be his foot or his ankle, something, at, over at the World Championships. He couldn't walk. He basically like limped down, got a shot of something, and was able to compete. But he said it changed, you know, the way he wrestled a bit. And I think there's so many stories of, of perseverance and adversity that are on the surface that people hear about. But there's so many more. Is there any others that you can think of throughout your career that maybe people don't know of whether it's adversity you had to overcome or anything along those lines? I'm adver- I mean, obviously, wrestling adversity, like just in terms of health, uh, you know, I had a I wrestled my junior year with a, a torn UCL in the NCAAs. I tore it the day before ACC's wrestling Makai. And, uh, you know, it, it bothered me, but I rehabbed it back to full strength, you know. And then I wrestled the world championships with a high ankle sprain, which was 
I thought I snapped my ankle in half. <laughs> like it sounded like a gunshot went off. And, you know, I came back probably a little quicker and re-sprained it and, you know, kind of wrestled on a sprained ankle that entire year. And, um, yeah, so those are just in terms of in terms of injury, I guess the adversity I had to overcome with that. So. And now moving forward here, you just announced a couple days ago you're going to head over to the Penn RTC with Coach Brandon Slay. And, man, he's doing something special over there. You see the group of guys that he has, and I know there's others that are seriously considering heading over there as well. What was the main reason you went over there? We kind of alluded to it. You mentioned both your faith and growing more as a man, but I'm curious your your take on really why you went to the Penn RTC. Well, in terms of, you know, I knew wherever I was going to set myself up for wrestling, the next step, you know, I, I wanted, I really thought having an RTC coach and I have a pretty dang good one, right? Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a, that was a huge factor. And, you know, so I started looking, you know, in the Northeast, you know, get back closer to home. And, uh, you know, I actually, my sophomore year, me, uh, Frank, Ryan Blees and Brent Moore went up to Philly for a week to train. And uh, we went up for a week to, to train. So I developed a relationship with Coach Slay there and uh, Coach Reyna. And, uh, you know, after, you know, we I was seriously thinking about getting into coaching. And, you know, like I said, those everything happens for a reason. You know, maybe, you know, I got I would have got into coaching. I don't know. But I wanted, you know, I didn't want to go out the way I did. And I still feel like my body's ready to, ready to rock and roll. And, you know, I'm going to try and go on a, you know, hopefully – you know, two cycles, maybe more, you know, so it, it, this was a long-term thing. I wasn't just going to, you know, I don't want to just wrestle for a year or two and then yeah. just, it was either I'm going to flip the switch or, you know, go the other way. And, you know, when just talking with Coach Slay and, and Coach Reyna, just how much, you know, I felt like that they cared and to already have that relationship with them and obviously what they're, uh, what they are doing down there. You know, I was serious about coming and, you know, we, I couldn't take a visit because of COVID yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta, you know, get a feel for what Philly's like. So I took it into my own hands and drove down there and, you know, Joey was there and I was like, we wore our mask, wore our gloves. And I was like, listen, I'm like, I, you know, uh, you know, we were, did practice every, uh, every rule that there was, but, you know, we just walked around and, uh, kept our distance. But, you know, I looked at the city and I was like, you know, I'm not a city boy, but this is, this was, you know, it, it's a smaller city. It, it's, it's really pretty. And, you know, just to kind of have that home feel yeah. was huge yeah. for me. You know, I felt some other places I, I might've not had that, that sure. home feel and I was ready for a change. And, uh, it just, you know, I was, once I saw that I was going to make me, you know, I was going to call coach Slay on, uh, the next day and I was driving back and, you know, telling my, my mom how like awesome it was. And just, you know, I knew where I wanted to go, sure. but it was like, I had to see it for myself and, you know, yeah. cause I was going to move there for, you know, a huge portion of my life. And it just, I, I just, as soon as I got done with it, I knew it was the right fit. So I was driving home and I was just on the phone with my mom and, you know, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I know where I'm going. This is it. I'm going to call them tomorrow. And I couldn't wait. So I called them <laughs> <that night. laughs> and uh, we got on a Zoom call and, you know, I was just, you know, in terms of a wrestling coach, you know, Coach Slay is, you know, 
everyone I've talked to, and you know, you never hear hear a bad word out of him. He's yeah. he's a great a great human. He's someone that I want to you know follow. He's gonna lead me right in life, and that yeah. was a huge thing for me because wrestling's always gonna be a part of my life. But you know, there's more to life than wrestling, right? Yeah. And that was a huge part part for me, and just just the belief that he has in me, and uh, it's it's huge for me. And, and the wrestling part was was gonna take care of itself with him, and the other stuff is just an added bonus and really important in my life. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to downplay at all what Dan Valmont and, and Rich Perry and, and what guys have done over there, but it's almost like again for another time in your career you're gonna help build something like the writings on the wall. Something special is happening there. You mm-hmm. talk about yourself going, Joey McKenna going. They already have guys like Valmont and, and Rich Perry, and, and it's it's something that. As people are watching now, Ben Hannes uh, Monday announced he's going. Like you're seeing more and more, and there, there's guys that I'm, I'm hearing are, are potentially coming. It's like, man, you're going to be part of. You helped build a high school program, then you helped contribute building a college program. Now you're going to help potentially turn this Penn RTC, which was a run of the mill RTC. It was nothing crazy. It was nothing too special, but sounds like it's going to be something special. What does it mean? And, and how excited are you to potentially build something and help build something in the Penn RTC when you've seen how that plays out? You've seen how you were able to help build the high school and college program with, with your presence. What does that do for you going into this situation? Well, I honestly think for them, you know, the foundation was built with those guys, you know, those, those guys, you know, they're they're unbelievable wrestlers, but they're even better people. You know, yeah, those are yeah. guys that, you know, who have wrestled under Coach Slay. And, you know, that was another thing for me is these guys are all super successful after wrestling and during yeah. and in wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, those are guys that you want to be, be around and you want to, you know, be around others that are succeeding at the same level as you. And that was a huge thing for me is, the, the, you know, when I went up there and trained, it was a team. And I think that's what Coach Slay is building is he's building a team. He's not yep. – he doesn't just want one or two guys. He wants, you know, 10 weight classes if not more. And, you know, I, I do believe that having a, lo- a, a group of people that are all chasing the same goal, um, you know, is, is huge. And I really believe that we're all just going to feed off of each other. And, uh, you know, the foundation is built and now it's time for us to just keep building on it, you know, and then for the next wave to come and then the wave after that. So that's what I'm excited to do. Yeah, yeah and, and that's why and that's why I said, like, no disrespect to all those guys, because you're right. They've already built something that is been has been brewing. They, Coach Slay has been doing incredible things. And now it's like you're you're helping it take it to the next level. You and the group of guys who are coming straight from college to making this a, a top RTC and a top program, it, it, it's so cool to watch, even from, from a fan standpoint. And I'm curious, too, when when you have a, a group of guys like that and you have more and more coming in, what does that do for your confidence when, I mean, look, at you're going to be at 74 for this, you know, 2021 Olympics now where you have guys like Nolf, Imar, Dake, Burroughs, and I'm assuming you're going up to 79 you know, for 2022 and on, and you, you still, you're going to have a ton of guys. If, if Dake maybe goes back up or guys like Mark Hall and Derringer, there's so many studs and hammers, but 
to have a bunch of studs and hammers in your room, like what does that do for your confidence that, hey, I know I know I'm an amazing wrestler and I have the talent and the skill. My my accolades kind of prove that. But when you talk about iron sharpening iron, it seems like you have everything. You have the bodies. You have guys who they have their heads on straight. You have a you have a group of Christians who I think who better to get your mindset right than the guys at the Penn RTC. What does all that do for for your confidence and what you can accomplish on the senior level? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's super exciting. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, we, you know, my coach is going to be someone who's done it, who has won at every single level, right? And that that's just, that's huge for me, because I think having blind faith is huge, right? Yep, and yep. having faith in your coach and your teammate, and listen, their results are proven, right? You know, when, you know, for me, like, one of the biggest things, you know, when, when Frank was at Virginia Tech, you know, I had complete faith in him, right? He had yep. coached, coached and three national championship teams, had won a national championship, uh, you know, at made, made the Olympic team. Like this guy had coached, you know, eight coached and wrestled. I think he wrestled on four national championship teams, one unknown individual and coached on three. It's like, whatever this guy is going to tell me to do, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> right. And you no, know, that's how it's going to be with, uh, you know, me and coach Slay is whatever he tells me to do. I'm just going to believe that it's going to work. And I know it's well, and that outcomes are proven, you know, and, and that, that, that's a, that's a huge thing. Huge thing for me is just that, that faith part and that, you know, just having complete and utter trust in, in what he's doing. And, you know, it's, the results are shown and, you know, it's time for me to kind of prove my own results. Yeah. I mean, the Bible tells us to have a childlike faith. And I think when you have that I don't want to say childlike trust, but that utter, whether it's blind faith and trust, whether it's a childlike faith and trust, to have that utter trust and, and faith in those around you is an incredible thing. I can only imagine. And last thing here before I let you go, you know, right now we're obviously stuck in this quarantine. It's like the wild, wild west. How are you continuing to work towards your goals with, you know, such limitations in place right now on who you can practice with, what you can do, so many things being closed down? How are you kind of keeping your perspective right now? Yeah, so, you know, I, you know, I took, uh, you know, complete, complete uh, you know, two weeks off after, after the season, just kind of let my body regroup. And, uh, you know, I felt like it needed even a little more time. So I was just, you know, not doing anything stressful on my body for, for three weeks. And, you know, when I went back to New Jersey, you know, I saw like direct impact of this virus. So, you know, I was taking it very, very seriously. So I was yeah. staying inside, you know, running on the treadmill, uh, lifting in my garage, working with what I had, right? Like I wasn't getting on the mat with people and I still, I haven't gotten on the mat in a month of, since, you know, the, la the last day, but you know, I can't. And, you know, I, you know, if people are doing it the right way, you know, I know a lot of people have a garage with, with a mat, like. Yeah. They're like, yeah. you know, that good, good for them. But, you know, I don't have that. So I'm trying to just sharpen my skills. And, you know, it's like, you know, when I got surgery on my ACL, right, I was out for eight months. It's like, you don't forget how to wrestle, right? You just yeah. got to actively do stuff. So you're not taking steps back. And, uh, you know, I think, like I said, like a silver lining, like, you know, maybe this that more of this time it off is good, you know, like, 
I felt like towards the end of the season, I was losing a little bit of fire and, yeah. you know, yeah. I just, I'm just itching to get back on the map, but I'm obviously taking it serious. So when the time is right, you know, I'll be back on the map, but I think just kind of doing cardio and lifting. And like I said, like for people that are stressing out, uh, you know, you're not going to forget how to wrestle, you know, right. and anyone that can has been out for a, a strenuous period of time, you know, when you're injured or when you can't do something, you make everything around you stronger. So yep, I'm, yep. you know, lifting more or, or doing more cardio, you know, stuff that I wouldn't do as much while yeah, doing yeah. wrestling, you know, so there's other ways to get better. And obviously watching film is huge. It's going to be so interesting, dude, to see what happens with the hunger. Like, Ashnall was telling me that when he was on that. When he had his injury, the entire time he was on the sidelines, it created such a hunger, and it made that fire burn brighter and sharper and hotter than ever. Like, I think we're going to see a group of guys heading into the 2021 Olympic trials that are so freaking hungry to be on that team and to win an Olympic medal. And they weren't. it's not that they weren't hungry leading up to April 2020, but man, now you have all this time just kind of metaphorically sit in a room and think about how bad you want it. And you talk about a group of wrestlers doing that. That's a dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, when you get knocked down, right, you get right back up and that's what we're taught. And, you know, it's, it's not like it's just one person, right? It's a whole group of, you know, wrestling, you know, basketball, spring sports, professional sports, college sports, you know, everyone was, is dealing with the same thing, which I guess, you know, in terms of, when sports comes back, man, they're going to be, you're going to watch, you might not watch right away the most high level and then super crisp will play, but you're going to see a lot of people with passion playing, I'll tell you that much. For sure, man. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to let you go here. I know you have some other interviews to do and some other stuff to do. Um, anybody listening to this, go follow him. I'm going to link up his his Instagram, his Twitter, all that good stuff. Follow the Penn RTC. They're, they're going to have... Uh, we're going to have a lot of exciting things happen. Anything else you got for us before we let you go? No, this was awesome. And, you know, just before I go, I just, you know, I want to thank Virginia Tech, you know, and, you know, Coach Roby and, and Coach Dresser, you know, even for, for bringing me here. Because I think, you know, I think for college kids, you know, this was the one thing, you know, that I chose, you know, part of a reason I chose Pennsylvania, you know, obviously the wrestling was good, but it was a place that I could call home. And, you know, I think that's a big thing for high school kids is they get, they get too caught up in, in the bells and whistles of, of what's going to be. It's, you know, Blacksburg has been home for me for five years. It, I couldn't have, couldn't have enjoyed college more and couldn't ha have had a better experience. And, uh, you know, I met some of the best people in the entire world. So I think in terms, you know, it was I'm just I'm I'm very blessed and very fortunate and uh, you know especially to continue my career at, at at Pennsylvania Regional Training Center and thanks for having me I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. You'll have to come back on. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of exciting things to talk about in the future. So we'll do a we'll do a part two in the near future. <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Awesome, man. We'll talk soon. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.